Hi, Michael. Hey. Hello. Trying to just not take me out of here. All right. Uh, guess guess Michael's going to be doing the show today. Well, I'm, I'm going to be coming out of here. This is all you tonight. <laughs> I'm my camera now, so let's get this out of the way. Oh my gosh, that's a blooper if I've ever seen one. Welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, everybody. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I'm excited, actually excited to be able to talk about this Denver Nuggets loss. That seems pretty odd, as many would, would expect. But look, it's it's fine sometimes to lose. It's not the most important thing in the world, uh, especially when you've got the one seed all wrapped up and there ain't no issues from the perspective of, hey, Gotta gotta get something done. Gotta gotta get a win in game eighty. Gotta build chemistry. Like if you're the Phoenix Suns, uh, so it was really interesting. I think to see how Denver approached this game. I didn't know if they were going to play any starters. I didn't know if they were going to operate a little bit differently. Uh, but it was nice. I think just to see Denver approach this from the perspective of yeah, we know what we've got. We would rather just stay healthy. We would rather not show anything else to the phoenix suns uh it's i cedric says it sucks not gonna lie though not really sure why it sucks i mean i i enjoyed the game tonight i i actually had a good time watching this group and and i didn't feel like there was any pressure to have to win what you're really looking for with this group is to see what they can contribute in the playoffs kind of get a little bit of a preview on, on what guys are looking for and i do think it's important to uh, just enjoy like oh he says it, it sucks since what they didn't win I mean it is what it is I I am very much moved on to the playoffs I care about the regular season as much as Michael Malone cares about the regular season which is a lot when it really matters and I know that people have that competitive juice they would really rather it go well but the more important thing for the Nuggets is that I think they learned a lot about their rotation tonight and they learned that they can trust some guys maybe that they didn't expect to be able to trust. And that's really cool. That's a good thing for sure. Um, Cedric says, I mean, I doubt that's the last we see of Phoenix though, Ryan. You're right. But if they play the Clippers in the first round, who's to say that they beat Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and, and that particular group? Hey, Bones Highland showing out on national TV on Wednesday night. Uh, let, let's say they play the Golden State Warriors with Andrew Wiggins coming back. I mean, there's there's a chance for the Suns to go down. I don't think that they will. I think that Denver will have to play the Suns for sure. But I am not – I mean, look, it's, it's a little bit of a different equation with the Suns starters versus the Nuggets starters because they're going to be able to score on the Nuggets starters a little bit better. But I don't think they're going to be able to defend the Nuggets starters at all. Uh, if if the Nuggets bench could score the way that they scored tonight with Christian Brown and Reggie Jackson and Bruce Brown putting up a career high, like I, I have some confidence now that Denver can at least do some stuff. And, and this this gave me at least a little bit of confidence going into that matchup, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, but now let's talk about the starters in the first segment. We'll talk about the bench and, and maybe some other things in that second segment. And then in the third, we will discuss some potential first round opponents and why Denver clinching that first seed is a really, really big deal. But first, got to get into Bruce Brown, who was unbelievable tonight. 
had a really, really good time. Um, had a really, really good time watching Bruce Brown tonight. I think that he turned on the Jets a little bit, had an opportunity to show out as a feature scorer, as a guy that could do a lot of stuff that the Nuggets don't necessarily ask him to do every night. But he really turned it up to 100 tonight and put the pressure on guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker and driving the ball in transition, driving into uh, pick and roll lanes and then getting all the way to the cup or getting to his floater. And thought he did a really nice job. The number that I think, the number that I think people should really be looking to on this 31 points, a career high for Bruce Brown is that nine of nine from the free throw line. That's a crazy number. That's an awesome number. That's one that Nuggets fans, I think, would love to see more consistently. I talked about on the last show how their free throw shooting has been a real weakness. Uh, I think that in general, Denver, they've been really hoping for Bruce Brown to kind of find his free throw stroke, to be a little bit more aggressive getting all the way to the cup. And I think he did just that tonight. Took uh, Took it to the Suns perimeter defense made sure to drive into the teeth of their defense as well. It's not like the Suns have this crazy interior defense. It's a little bit better with Kevin Durant out there because he's a seven-footer on the weak side, but it does help when Bruce Brown is doing a lot of good things, going at DeAndre Ayton or Bismack Biombo or Jock Landale or whoever they have switched out into the middle of their paint. And Bruce really took advantage of those opportunities. I, I thought he was very aggressive from the get-go drove the paint in transition and did a lot of great things with the ball in his hands. And that's probably the biggest weakness for the nuggets, right? It's probably the biggest weakness is ball creation, perimeter creation from their guards. Jamal Murray still struggling a little bit, I think to get into the teeth of the defense from an athleticism standpoint, kind of uh, stops it at times in the middle of the paint or maybe just trying to get into the paint doesn't really feel like he can get past his guy. He won't always drive with confidence. When he does, he's usually good, but sometimes stops short. And then Denver doesn't have a lot of other guys that they can trust in those moments. Well, maybe Bruce Brown could be one of those guys. Maybe Bruce Brown can be a really important creator for the Nuggets. And I'm still a little bit skeptical. I'm still a little bit... Uh, shaky in terms of how real I believe this was. I don't think the Suns gave their best effort tonight by any stretch of the word. I feel like they would be a lot more ready, uh, but we will see. Um, Cedric, why why wouldn't Jamal be ready for the playoffs? Uh, ready to be a leader? I feel like he's very ready. I feel like this. What what are, what are we talking about here, man? Come on, come on. I mean, Jamal is perfectly fine. He will be just fine. Um. But yeah, Bruce will be very helpful. I do think that he's going to be just fine in the playoffs as well. As long as he continues to stay aggressive, doesn't pull up short in the paint, and does a lot of stuff. Uh, just does a lot of stuff that the Nuggets like. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cedric, he, Jamal has been their leader. Jamal's been the Nuggets leader. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're not doing this today. We're not doing this. Jamal didn't even play tonight. He's been great. He's been great as a leader and has really helped push the pace and uh, get this team back on track in minutes where they haven't been on track throughout this season. So I'm not going to deal with it. Reggie Jackson starting in Jamal Murray's place. 
30 minutes tonight, and I thought they were probably the best 30 minutes he's played in a, Nugget, in a Nuggets uniform, which is really cool. That's a really, really cool thing to say. Seven of 15 from the field, maybe not the most efficient, but two of five from three is good. Four of four from the line is good. Six assists, three rebounds, two steals, two turnovers. It was a good night for Reggie Jackson. I, I don't think that he was perfect on the defensive end by any stretch. I think that there are definitely some moments where you can look at it and think, okay, probably should have more crisp rotation. He's a guy that's very liable in general to not box out when he's switched out onto a big and kind of just goes a little bit aloof when the ball kind of moves away from him. But I thought he did a pretty good job when on ball. Thought he did a pretty good job when he was one pass away and did some good things uh, picking off picking off passes from guys, generating a couple steals. And most importantly, he did exactly what he had to do as a creator. Uh, as like Bruce Brown was the leading creator when Reggie wasn't on the court. But Reggie Jackson was out there, and I thought he did a lot of great things too. So that's a really, really encouraging sign for sure. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities in Denver. Hasn't had a lot of times to have an extra runway with the team because they've got so many other things that they're trying to figure out. But now that I think I really do feel like Christian Brown and Bruce Brown are penciled into those uh, wing spots for Denver. There probably aren't a ton of minutes for Reggie Jackson in the playoff rotation, but I do think that there could be a role depending on the situation and depending on what Denver decides to do with their staggers. They may decide not to stagger Jamal. They may decide, Hey, we'd rather have Reggie Bruce and Christian out there as the trio, and then maybe they put Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon out there, or Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon, or Zeke Naji and Vlako Chanchar, whoever. But they still have a lot of things to look at. They still have a lot of things to figure out. But I did like what I saw from Reggie. There's no doubt about it. Christian Brown. A lot of great things to like about Christian Brown's game as well. 15 points, 6 of 11, 2 of 5 from 3, hit a step back 3 in Devin Booker's eye, which was pretty cool. Uh, two turnovers, wasn't great. Uh, one of those turnovers, he was trying to pass it to Peyton Watson underneath the rim for some reason. Not sure what happened there. There was a weird miscommunication between those guys, but looked like a brain fart for sure. Uh, but Christian Brown, a couple steals, drove the lane in transition on one of them and was just gliding through the air, getting through... Uh, kind of a half-hearted transition defense by the Phoenix Suns. And look, Christian's got to be reliable. He's got to be a guy that you can trust in key moments because I think he's going to be their seventh man. I don't think it's going to be Jeff Green or Reggie Jackson, even though it could be those guys. I do think, though, that Christian has earned his time with the way that he has approached some of these games and the fire and the competitiveness that he usually brings to the table. Has been really, really good has changed the game a lot of times, was a minus nine tonight. Uh, not necessarily sure that that was on him. There was a stretch where Peyton Watson had uh, in that fourth quarter that wasn't great. Uh, there was just like some overlapping stretches where Christian Brown definitely wasn't the problem, but made a couple mistakes here or there. Uh, I like what Christian does. I think that he's very, very helpful. I think his aggressiveness and his confidence in the half court is really, really exciting too. And there's a lot to like about where this Nuggets team is when Christian Brown's out there and playing well. He just does a lot of important little things for the Nuggets that could turn into big things in a playoff series for sure.
Peyton Watson got the nod as the starter tonight. Not a good night for Peyton, I don't think. Thought that he struggled in the defensive matchup against Kevin Durant. Let's just look at Kevin's line real quick. Um, KD, 9 of 18 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3, 29.7 rebounds for us. Still very, very, very good. Although the Suns were minus 3 in Kevin Durant's minutes in 41 minutes, which means in the 7 minutes that he wasn't out there, they were a plus 7, and that was actually the difference. Uh, Torrey Craig, by the way, plus 8 off the bench for, for the Suns, and uh, was very, very helpful. He's a guy that I think Michael Malone would love to have back to play off this bench, but he would absolutely take Christian Brown's minutes, which not sure Nuggets fans would would really want that way either. Uh, but Peyton Watson still had some really great moments in transition, right? Like there's a lot of times where he grabbed the rebound and just went in transition and either created an assist uh, to somebody else in transition on a, on a fast break, or he even got to the line in one of those situations and thought that he did some great things. Uh, still probably doesn't do enough on a consistent basis when when he's not the, the recipient of kind of the short roll passes, when he's not the recipient of offensive rebounds and cuts and things like that. And wasn't really tonight. Don't think he did a great job of making himself available like that overall, but he's going to go through those ups and downs because he's such a young player. Although I do think that this is a good game where Nuggets fans can be like, okay, maybe we should take a step back. Maybe we should step off the ledge of jumping full bore into Peyton Watson playoff rotation player mode uh, because he does have weaknesses. There's no doubt about it. And Nuggets fans have probably gone a little bit too far in terms of their, their Peyton Watson desire for getting major rotation time because he's still just so young people. Like there's so much left for him to grow into and for him to learn before I feel like he is going to be a consistent option for Denver, but him showing flashes has been really important for next year. And finally in the starting lineup, Deandre Jordan pleasantly surprised with Deandre 12 points on six of six, 11 rebounds, one assist, one turnover. He was a minus seven as well, but honestly like that minus seven, it's, it's not kind of like with Peyton, Kind of like with Christian Brown, I'm not really that concerned because the Suns really pulled that, pulled away right at the end of this game. There was a stretch at the six-minute mark to the three-minute mark where it went from a Nuggets lead by one or two to a Suns lead by seven. It cut down to four before the end of the game, but still felt like a lot of those guys out there, including DeAndre, were being really, really helpful. And say what you want about DeAndre. I think the last few games that he's played, he's actually been really good <laughs> or maybe not, maybe really good is strong, but he's done his job, filled the role that the Nuggets have asked him to fill and excelled. And the Nuggets have actually played pretty well when he's been out there. So credit to DeAndre. I've, I've been really impressed with the way that he has approached this season in general. He hasn't made a stink about not playing a lot. He hasn't been a guy that has demanded to come off the bench and, uh, have certain time it seems like he's taken everybody and their mother under his wing and like just supported everybody throughout this entire process and been a great great veteran uh for for this entire team uh don't repeat that phrase that i just said back to nuggets management by the way that seemed a little bit weird uh but in general nuggets fans should be pretty happy with where 
DeAndre Jordan's at. Nuggets fans should be pretty happy with being able to see him out there. It is a little bit weird that Thomas Bryant did not play. Um, Thomas Bryant is very much in the doghouse. I don't know what, uh, in general, that's going to uh, what that's going to amount to. I would guess that after this season, Thomas Bryant will be a free agent and he will not be re-signing with the Denver Nuggets uh, just based off of how things have gone. Uh, when Michael Malone said what he said post-game about Thomas Bryant's, I think that that bridge was officially burned. But it is what it is. Uh, you can always recover from it. There's no saying that you can't, but was interesting to say that, or to at least see that Thomas Bryant was not out there and DeAndre Jordan is. Thomas Bryant and Jack White were the only two active players to not play for the Nuggets tonight. So interesting. We will see what that evolves into. But for now, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the bench lineup for a little bit. I'll talk about what I liked and didn't like, as well as some lineup combos that I think Nuggets fans should be paying attention to. But first, everybody, baseball is back. And the push for the postseason is on for hockey and for hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around and a direct line to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back and pick axe and roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on this podcast. Make sure to go give this a like if you are in the YouTube chat right now. I know it's a a weird time to go live, obviously, uh, after a game where none of the starters play. Not expecting a big crowd in in a game like tonight. But I, I do think that there's some positive takeaways and some general takeaways to really to really come from this one. Like, look. The Suns needed seven threes from Chris Paul. It's a career high for Chris Paul in order to get a win over the Nuggets bench. Nuggets have come into Phoenix on multiple occasions and pushed them in their own building. First game was 100 to 93. This next game was 119 to 115. And it is pretty cool to see them uh, do some crazy stuff. So I am excited to see what this what this matchup ultimately looks like because I do think in general I mean this, this obviously this bench it's not going to be who plays in the playoffs in this matchup but it gives me an opportunity and it's given Nuggets fans an opportunity to see what they're looking like in Phoenix where obviously you're going to get some matchups that don't really go great for Denver and the Suns are capable shooters and they're going to make a lot of shots and there's no doubt that That's going to be a tough one, but even for the Nuggets bench, they're able to do some positive things. So let's now talk about the actual bench lineup that played tonight. I did it a little bit differently. Ish Smith, one of Reggie Jackson, Bruce Brown, or Christian Brown, 
Then Vlaco Chanchar, Jeff Green, and Zeke Naji were all out there for the Nuggets in the second unit tonight. I was doing my rotation chart, saw that that was a pretty clear delineation. Mostly it was Reggie Jackson and Bruce Brown, although there were stretches where Christian Brown was out there, where uh, Bruce Brown was out there, where Reggie Jackson was out there, but mostly it was Reggie Jackson and Bruce Brown. And those guys each helped run things really, really well. I liked a lot of what I saw from that group. I liked a lot of what I saw from Reggie Jackson and Bruce Brown specifically, but for the other guys, there are some things that we should definitely talk about. Here's what I liked from the bench group. Uh, scrolling down on the bottom of the screen now, we'll start with Jeff Green's outside shooting. He's been a poor outside shooter for much of the season. Like, There's no doubt about it. Jeff Green has not been the level of three-point shooter that he was in Brooklyn. When he got to Denver, he became a, I think it was like a 32 to 34% three-point shooter last year. And then this year, he's been even worse than that, closer to 26 to 28% for much of the season. I think he might be up to 29 by now, but it was cool to see him make some shots tonight because they were some important shots where you're getting the spot up, you're catching, you're shooting, you are having to make the shot in rhythm because if you don't, then the offense basically crumbles. Uh, every little bit of the offense was done in order to get Jeff Green an outside shot. And if he doesn't make it, then the opposing team can feel like they can continue to collapse. They don't have to respect his shooting. But he went three of four from the three-point line tonight, or three of six, excuse me. Why did I think three of four? Um, either way, he made three threes, scored 14 points, and did some good things driving to the rim and taking advantage of the fact the teams actually had to close out to him. They actually had to respect his three-point shooting. One of those threes he made, I think, over – I don't think it was over Kevin Durant, but it was over somebody in uh, – it might have been over DeAndre Ayton, if I'm not – if I'm being honest. I think it was a switch between a 4-5 pick and roll. Didn't get where he wanted to go. Reset. Saw DeAndre Ayton in front of him and just pulled up for three with about four seconds left and canned it. Looked very comfortable with it. That's a great sign. Uh, Denver, they're going to need some con contributions from other guys outside of Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and the starters. Like those seven guys are likely to be out there. But I do think that Jeff, if he is going to be out there, he's got to shoot and he's got to make those shots. He can't be a player who just doesn't do enough. Like he, he's got to find a way, especially when he, like he only had one rebound, one assist tonight. No steals, no blocks, no turnovers, nothing like that. He's got to be a guy who scores if he's going to be out there. So hopefully that is what continues to happen while he is. Next was Vlaco Chanchar's health defense. Had two steals, two blocks tonight. I didn't like his one-on-one -on -one defense, and we'll get to that soon. But most importantly for Vlaco is he's a part of a unit that when everything is working well in concert and he's not being the guy attacked, he just knows exactly where to be. And he closes out pretty well. He does a nice job of uh, putting himself into a position where he can make a play, where if a certain pass is made, he's right there to take advantage of it. And he had two steals and two blocks. And those are important plays because Denver doesn't get a lot of steals or blocks as a team. They struggle with that, most importantly on the blocks. Like they had two total blocks tonight, and both of them were Vlatko. So it wasn't Peyton Watson who was getting blocks. It wasn't DeAndre Jordan who was getting blocks. None of the other guys. 
uh, Flacco Chanchar was the guy who made those impact plays. And those are important because Denver doesn't have enough of those in their arsenal or in their arsenal most of the time. So hopefully that continues to stay. And then Zeke Naji, I didn't really know how to describe it. I just liked the way that Zeke Naji played. 17 minutes, seven points, three of five from the field, only two rebounds, but he had an offensive board that was important, had an assist, had a three. Uh, there was enough there that I liked. Thought he got hit with a bad whistle on several occasions. I think he had two offensive fouls on screening violations, and then he had a couple of defensive fouls. I know one of them was against Kevin Durant, where KD just kind of did what KD does and drove left and, and got to the shoulder for Zeke Nashi, and Nashi wasn't going to get that call. Uh, but in the playoff environment, maybe he doesn't get hit with that uh, shooting foul. Maybe there's a situation where Najee's a little bit better. Obviously, Najee's dealing with a little bit of a right knee sprain right now. So hopefully that is kind of behind and he doesn't like have that nagging going forward because I still think that he could be a really, really helpful piece. And if he's not out there, be a little bit concerned uh, because I don't know how many, like Denver's got some options, but I don't know if any of them are better than Zeke right now. So we will see. What I did not like about the bench group, unfortunately, because it was it was both good and bad. Uh, Jeff Green was a plus two. Zeke Nashi was net neutral. Vlaco was a minus two. Ish Smith was a minus three. Didn't really like mind anything about Ish in general. He had 11 points, six assists, five of 12 from the field. Probably could have made more shots, if I'm being honest, like, but five of 12 isn't that bad. Um, he did get switched onto some bigger guys at times and obviously didn't do that well with it, but thought that that was to be expected. Nothing that much worse or better than anybody else. Just played a little bit of a different role. Well, I didn't really like, we'll start with Vlatko. He was the mark against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, by the way, like they all made shots against him. There were very few opportunities where Vlatko, I think really, got up for that stop. Uh, there weren't that many stops that he got uh, when he was in one-on-one -on -one defense. When he was in help defense, obviously, I think he did pretty well. Got the two steals, two blocks, and I'm pretty sure that all of them were in help defense. But the one-on-one -on -one aspect of this, that's probably, like, it's not his weakest aspect because he, he has had good moments where he's been a one-on-one -on -one defender. I mean, look back to early on in the season when he was matching up with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's had a lot of matchups like that where He's actually done really well, and anybody that's challenged him is not super happy about it. But had some good plays, had some good opportunities where he's in help and recovering and doing some good things like that. But when he is being picked on one-on-one -on -one by two elite ISO scorers, I'm not super concerned, but it's just something that, that stood out. Like That was where the points came from for the Suns in, in several occasions. The entire group as a whole just really struggled to close out. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on in the comments with Dr. Tarantino here, but um, I think that in general, uh, Jeff Green really struggled to close out. Zeke Naji really struggled to close out. Ish Smith not getting to the spot where he needed to be uh, on, I think, a Terrence Ross closeout, if I'm not mistaken. But there were several times where 
Denver was mostly in position. They were like 90% of the way there on these closeouts and then would close out short. Jeff Green was the culprit early on in the game, more so than late. But like it's it's hard because you've got to get all the way out to the spot against some of these great shooters. Uh, there's a reason why the Suns went 17 of 36 from three. Uh, it's because they had rhythm threes. And they're going to make those. Like There are some times when they won't. And the last time Denver came to Phoenix a week ago, that was one of those times where they didn't make a ton of threes. But in a situation where they're shooting really, really well, you got to get all the way out there. You got to force them to drive. It makes you liable to foul, but you still have to get out there. And I just don't think that Denver did a great job of that tonight. But again, look, this is nitpicking here. And then the lack of spacing from the bench as a whole. Uh, Ish Smith is trying to collapse the defense. Bruce Brown is trying to collapse the defense. Zeke Naji took two threes. Vlako Chanchar took two threes. Jeff Green took six. But it still always feels like they're fighting against themselves when they are out there. There's nobody that's a runoff for that bench unit. And I think it makes it more difficult for the Nuggets in general because they don't have a guy that you can run a play for to get a three. Like there's there's nobody on the bench that, that really shoots like that. Flacco used to shoot like that, but he's not shooting like that anymore. Uh, Zeke used to shoot like that, not really shooting like that anymore. Obviously, they shot a pretty good percentage tonight, if you're just talking about this particular game. But I still think that it's something to worry about. Like This isn't actually going to be their main group, obviously, but still something to think about. And this team as a whole, they've really struggled shooting-wise for like pretty much the entire second half of the season. Like That's kind of where we're at with it. So... Hopefully that's not a trend. Hopefully, or it is a trend. Hopefully that's not something that sticks around. But we will see. We will see what happens with that group. But that's just some things that I didn't like. This, this is nitpicking, right? Like this is stuff that shouldn't be that big of a deal because it really isn't that big of a deal. Um, but you like to see the fight. You like to see the group. And some of the combos that I saw tonight that I think people should be pretty happy with, uh, Reggie Jackson and Christian Brown, Pretty good combo. I like the way that when Reggie Jackson is controlling the offense, Christian Brown doesn't have to do that much, but Reggie's pretty stable when it comes to making those decisions. And then when the ball swings to Christian Brown, he can either shoot, pass, or drive. And it's a pretty simple process for him. With Jamal, sometimes he's posting up a little bit. Sometimes he is kind of operating in the in-between game a little bit too much. Reggie kind of drives down the middle of the floor most of the time, maybe snakes a pick and roll. And then if he's got an opportunity, then he'll take it. But most of the time, like he'll, he'll probably kick out to somebody else. And some of those times it's Christian. I think those guys have a little bit of chemistry here. That's at least something bad watch heading into the playoffs. Then the combo of Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Swatson. I've got Peyton Watson. Um, I think that's a really great defensive combo that, if the Nuggets are able to retain Bruce Brown for next season, that would be a really interesting thing to build around. If you've got Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, one of Jamal Murray and Michael or Michael Porter, and then a center, like somebody to run, pick, and roll with, that'd be pretty good. You're not getting a lot of spacing from that group, but you're getting a lot of defense. And 
if Michael Malone wants the identity of the group to be defend, rebound, and run, I think that group can do it. I think that's probably the best group to do it. So maybe something to watch, probably not in the playoffs, but at least something that Denver fans can get excited for. And then Bruce Brown, Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Naji. This is a group that I think can execute on both ends of the floor. They're not perfect. They are not like, they're not going to change a game, but can they hold a lead? Can they get you through? Can they maybe get you started on a comeback because of the defense they play as a group? Yes. And you're probably going to need star shooting. You're probably going to need some guys that can make an ultimate difference there, but there are ways that you can add to that group, whether it's Jamal Murray or Michael Porter, whether it's uh, Aaron Gordon to make it even more defensive. There are some lineups there that I really like. There's some groups there that I really like. And I think that Vlaco can be very, very helpful in a playoff environment. I do believe that. And if you add Christian Brown to that group, probably not enough shooting, probably not enough, but I do think that it's at least something for Michael Malone and the Nuggets coaching staff to think about. There are some definite combinations that people should be happy with. Um, why are we getting so much? Why are we getting so much Malone hate on a game where they benched all their they didn't have their starters out there? I don't know. Like this is so weird. What what's going on? Comments? Why why are you why are you at this? Why why are you going on like this? This doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, let's have more fun. We are going to talk about the Nuggets clinching the first seed in the Western Conference when we come back from the commercial break. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by the Afternoon Drive with Anilo and Cody Rourke. Looking to add a new sports talk show to your daily mix? Then be sure to check out Afternoon Drive with Anilo Piro and Cody Rourke each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Mile High Sports. AP and Rourke bring a fresh perspective to the Denver sports landscape with revolving conversation around all of the Colorado sports teams, along with the trending topics across the world of sports. You can stream Afternoon Drive with AP and Rourke on the MHS mobile app, milehighsports.com, and listen to 98.1 FM or 107.5 HD3. Miss an episode? No worries. Just search Afternoon Drive with Anilo Piro and Cody Rourke wherever you get your podcasts to listen on demand. We'll be right back once again on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Final segment here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all y'all. Appreciate everybody for hopping in. Uh, it is going to be a fun playoffs. At least that's what we're hoping for, right? That's what we're hoping for with this team. The record probably isn't where people were hoping it would be. I predicted, I think, 58 wins at the beginning of the season. I thought there'd be more of a fight for the top of the Western Conference. Obviously, there hasn't been. Obviously, it's it's on other teams to really push Denver. And nobody's had to push Denver. There's been nothing. Because Denver clinched the one seed basically a month ago, they've gone into a little bit of a slump in general. I think they're 7-9 and nine in their last 16 games. And it's not a surprise that they've been a little bit apathetic over the course of this last month or so, but they are 52-28 and 28 
as a whole. They are 33 and 7 at home, 19 and 21 on the road. They will finish with a negative road record. That's not great, in my opinion. That's something that I wish could be changed. If they had won against the Houston Rockets, if they win against the Utah Jazz, then be a little bit different. Wouldn't have to matter uh, that they lost this Phoenix Suns game, but this one does definitively say that they're going to be a negative road record team, which if you look at the entire playoff picture in the Western Conference, I'm counting all the teams that have a positive road record, and I'm counting one. That's right, one. The Sacramento Kings are 25 and 15. The LA Clippers are the only other team that has a positive or a, a not negative road record at 20 and 20. Uh, everybody else has a negative road record. Phoenix, 17 and 23. Memphis, 15 and 24. Golden State, 9 and 30. But the Nuggets are 19 and 21. You can only control your own actions. And the Nuggets, I don't think, have been super serious when it comes to their road games. It's not super encouraging, but it would be calling the kettle black just to say, uh, just to say that, uh, I'm just sorry, I'm, I'm laughing at the comment section right now. This is this is wild, what's going on? Um, but in, in general, like calling the kettle black if other teams aren't playing well up to their standards on the road either. Most likely, Denver is going to, or the entire Western Conference is going to have a Western Conference finalist that is a negative road record. That's probably what's going to happen. Like unless it's going to be the Clippers who finish with a win in their final road game, or it's going to be the Sacramento Kings. Like if it's the Suns, if it's the Nuggets, if it's the Grizzlies, if it's a, if it's the Warriors, like all those teams have a negative road record too. So it's not just going to be the Nuggets, but you can only control what you can control. And the Nuggets haven't controlled in that much, but they've controlled enough. They've done enough. They have the magic number clinched and they are going to be the one seed. I think this is a big deal. I think that the Nuggets being the one seed is a really, really big deal for this team. If First of all, for this franchise, let's start there. The Nuggets have never been the one seed before. This has never been something that they've ever had to do. They've never, they've tried. They were in position back in 2010, I think, to be the one seed before George Carl had cancer. They dropped them all the way down to the four seed right at the end of the year. And they've been the two seed several times. They were a two seed as recently as 2019. They were a three seed in 2020. Uh, they were a two seed in 2009. Uh, can't remember further back much than that because I'm still not, I'm still pretty young. Uh, but in general, the Nuggets have never had a one seed in their NBA history. And it is such a big deal to not have to go on the road to start a playoff series. And then if you're lucky enough to not have to go on the road in a game seven where you would be traveling to a hostile environment where home teams win game sevens 80% of the time, it's very hard to do it. Otherwise it's just very, very difficult. So Denver clinching the one seed and ensuring that they have those things is a really, really big deal They That's the one thing they're not going to have to worry about. They're not going to have to worry about stealing a game on the road in games one or two just to make it a series. Because if you go two and if you go oh and two, excuse me, 
on the road before having to go back home. It's just really, really difficult to get through to that. And last year is a really good example of that. Denver did a lot of things right in game three against the Golden State Warriors, but they just didn't have enough in order to get over the top. And sooner rather than later, that series was over because it went from down 0-2 to potentially being 2-2 going back to Golden State versus it was down 0-3 by the time that game four rolled around. And no matter how well Denver played in game four or in game five, and they did play well in game five, they just didn't really have enough. And so you have to get through that, but hopefully you have to, hopefully you don't have to deal with that this time around where you can take advantage of your own home court where Denver's 33 and seven. It's a big, big deal. So I'm hopeful that the nuggets in general can take advantage of this. Uh, but in order to do so, they've got to take care of business. Possible first round playoff opponents are scrolling on the bottom of the screen. You've got the Los Angeles Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Dallas Mavericks. I've heard a lot of complaining from Michael Malone and the Nuggets, as well as Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns last year for being the one seed because you don't necessarily know who you are going to face until the Friday of the play-in tournament, which if you are the one seed, you generally play on that Sunday. So obviously the other team that wins, they don't have a lot of a physical break, but the Nuggets don't have a lot of time to prepare for whoever they face. And doubly important right now is that the play-in tournament mix is still wide open. I don't think the Clippers and the Warriors are going to be in there. I think that's going to be the Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder. But it could be them. And so right now, Denver has to think about seven different opponents that they're going to have to face in this West, in this uh, first round before even thinking about anything beyond that. So they are going to have their work cut out for them. There's no doubt about it. Denver still has to figure out some things, but they get to do it from a perspective of strength where they're on their home court. All these other teams have to think about winning a game in Denver, what it's going to take for them to do so. Denver's got to be great. They have to defend home court. That's the biggest thing that they have in their favor, obviously. If they start each series that they play up 2-0, all they have to do is steal a road game, and then they have an opportunity to win a game five and get out of a series early. But if they lose one of those first two games, then they have to steal a road game back, most likely. That's what it comes down to if you are in these playoffs, especially for a Western Conference that admittedly is not very good, but it's very flat. And so I could see any of those teams pretty much making a run, depending on the matchup. A lot of it is kind of a rock, paper, scissors between which team you do well against, like the Nuggets, they do well against the Clippers, but they don't do well against the Suns or the Warriors. The Timberwolves might do better against, I don't know, the Lakers, but they might do worse against the Mavericks. Like there's a lot, that's that's just in general. Like 
I don't know if that's actually true. But for the Nuggets, it's one of the reasons why people still don't have them fully backed, despite the fact that they are a one seed, despite the fact that they are going to be the team that everything runs through. It's because people don't believe that they can defend the home court that they've worked hard to to accumulate, to achieve. And I do think in general, like, look, and Jovan says it, uh, you win one game away from home and defend your home field. It's not science fiction. Uh, I think you're trying to get, you're trying to say it's, it's not rocket scientists. You're not, it's not rocket science is what you're trying to say, Jovan. But I do like agree with you that the most important thing for this Nuggets team is just to make it easier on themselves this time around. And that's what's great about achieving the one seed right now. That's what's great about this year, where in these last three games, they didn't even have to think about Nikola Jokic playing. They don't have to think about Jamal Murray playing. They can just let those guys rest if they want to, if they're unless they're feeling great, like unless they're feeling great and they want to get some reps, then maybe they'll play against Utah, maybe they'll play against Sacramento, but I kind of doubt it. I actually very much doubt it. But Denver's now in a position of strength here, where because they've clinched this one seed at the time that they have, they are going to be in a great position to take advantage of this as long as they do what they're supposed to do. They haven't done what they've supposed to do, what they're supposed to do. English is hard. Um, Like winning against the Houston Rockets, they probably should have won that game. That's a thing that they were supposed to do, and they didn't do it. There's no doubt in my mind, though, that when it's asked of them, they will rise to the occasion. The question is whether that level is high enough that you can outmatch all of these other Western Conference teams. You've got a built-in advantage playing at home most of the time. But in general, Denver is going to have to face whoever these teams are and make it happen. If you can get out of the first round playing four, five, maybe six games, but hopefully four or five games, you're in such a great position because most likely we're looking at the Suns and the Clippers playing each other in the second round or in the first round. And if those teams are as evenly matched as I think they are from a matchup standpoint, then maybe that series goes six or seven. Maybe a player like Chris Paul, like Kevin Durant, guys who are a little bit older, who probably don't want to have to play 40 to 45 minutes to win a playoff game. They'll do it if they have to, but you don't want to have to do that. You want to get rest early on in the playoffs. You don't want to have to be so thoroughly tested early that if you can have that happen to the opponent as opposed to you this time around, then maybe Denver has a little bit of an advantage. That's the hope. That's the dream. That's why clinching the one seat is such a big deal. It's why Denver can benefit this time around from not having to play a seven-game series or a six-game series. It's why Jokic getting rest, Murray getting rest, is such a big deal because the Nuggets are hoping that they are in the best possible position they can possibly be. The most likely play in field, Lakers versus Pelicans in the 7-8, Timberwolves versus Thunder in the 9-10, I would say that the most likely team that Denver is going to face in the first round is the New Orleans Pelicans. Kind of an interesting matchup because 
if Denver faces Zion Williamson, it's a completely, completely different feeling than if they face a Pelicans team without him. Now, the Pelicans are clearly very talented. They have Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum to really carry a lot of the uh, self-creation scoring. But they've also got Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, and a variety of guys off their bench, including Larry Nance Jr. uh, and others, Josh Richardson being one. Got a lot of guys who can be helpful. And the most important thing for Denver is to try to finish them off really early. But if they can't, and if the Pelicans do what they did to the Suns last year and push them to six games, then suddenly you are a Nuggets team that is very tired going into a series against Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. And even though the Nuggets played well against them these last couple matchups without their starters, still doesn't feel great. Still doesn't feel like the right thing to tempt that fate. So if you're the Nuggets, got to do what you got to do. Take it seriously. And let's see if clinching the one seed actually means a damn thing. Because a lot of people don't think it does. A lot of people don't believe in the Nuggets. They don't care that the Nuggets are the one seed. They're still picking the Suns. They're still picking the Warriors, who are 9-30 and 30 on the road. Like they're still picking a lot of other teams outside of the Nuggets. So you got to make it so that it's you. You can't let anybody else have any breathing room. Defend your home court. Take advantage of every opportunity. Push the pedal to the metal this time around. Because if you don't, it's going to be a long, long offseason with a lot of hard decisions. No doubt about it. All right. I think that is going to do it. Michael, can you hit that outro music for me? Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Interesting chat this time around. Not my favorite chat, but you guys are still the best. Thank you for hanging out with me, making it an interesting experience for sure. It's going to be fine. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's so funny that the last podcast I did, I did was how the Nuggets are uninspiring. And now look what they've done. They've inspired us all in a moral victory for the, for the heavens. It's going to be great. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Hit the like button on the way out. We'll talk to you guys very soon.